How many of us know he's coming back? Yes, he is. He is coming back. And what a beautiful piece of gospel or good news that is. He is coming back. I just wanted to mention a couple things. You know, uh, Wednesday is going to be Veterans Day. And being a veteran myself, I want to give honor to my brothers and sisters who signed that blank check that day in the recruiter's office, who said, yes, I will go. And if it takes my life, then I'm willing to give that for my country. Brothers and sisters, we thank you. We thank you so much. Words will never be able to describe what that means to us. So you deserve more than a day, but we'll just honor that day. But listen, you are honored from our hearts every single day. For those of you who gave and then for those who gave it all. I honor you. We honor you. Thank you. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we praise you right now for being exactly who you are. What a great comfort it is to know that you are God. Hmm. And that from your throne, you rule. Nothing strong enough, powerful enough to reach your throne. And from that throne, you rule. And from that throne, you have extended to us reconciliation. Father, we're excited and we're thankful to have this opportunity to share in your word today. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody say it. Amen. Amen. Listen, the kingdom mission of the church, the kingdom mission of the church. Again, I want us to kind of stay connected to how we started off this particular series. God, when he created the Garden of Eden, and then he put into the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve. What God did at that particular time was extended his kingdom into the earth in which he created. So the important part of this is his kingdom is what he extended into the earth. So the original purpose and plan of God was the extension of his kingdom on earth through mankind with Jesus as the head of this, of this community. So once we get that, it's the kingdom. Now, here's the part I need you to understand. The Bible says that we are in the world, but not of the world. If we're in the world and not of it, where are we of? I know that may not be great English, but where are we of? We are of the kingdom of God. So we actually, when we accept Jesus Christ, we leave from the world in a spiritual context and move into the kingdom of God. Now, while in the kingdom, we become the extension of God in the earth. We know because we talked about this, the definition or the Greek word for church is ecclesia, ecclesia. And that word means legislative assembly. So God on the throne, like a king, has people who, who surround him. And he tells those people what he wants to happen in his kingdom. It is important for those people then to take that information and spread it to everyone in the kingdom. So the church's purpose is to shed or spread into the world 
what God's plan is, what God's heart is, what God's mind is. That's why the church was created. That's why we are here. That is our kingdom mission to bring people into the kingdom of God, but also to go out from the kingdom to people and tell them what the king desires of them. Is this making sense to everybody today? So if that's the kingdom mission of the church, then we need to really understand how all of this came about. What was Jesus's part in restoring the king, his kingdom back together? What was his part? Why did he come to do that. Now I need you to know, he didn't come just so you could go to heaven. I know that may be a shock to some of y'all. I didn't say you ain't going to heaven. I said he didn't come just for that purpose. He came so that the kingdom of heaven would be restored in the earth. Here's a secret. You ready? A clue. Jesus is coming back. I don't know if anybody heard me today. Jesus is coming back. Why is he coming back? To establish the kingdom of God on the earth again. Somebody say amen. That's exciting news to me. That's why he's coming back. So today we wanted to, again, get some verses that would support this concept to make sure that you're able to understand exactly what this means because you are a vital part of this plan. You are a vital part of this purpose. So Jesus came to bring the kingdom back to the earth. Let's say it one more time. Jesus came to bring the kingdom back to the earth. Why? Because it was in the earth through Adam and Eve. They broke it when they sinned. That separated the kingdom from the earth. Jesus, because God loved us so much, it said God so loved the world that he sent his Only begotten son. Why? So he could restore the kingdom back to the earth. Somebody say amen. Because that is so beautiful. Think about God in his ultimate plan. You know, they say when man plans, he's a good planner. But when God plans, he's the best of planners. And God's plan and purpose does work. Let's go to our first verse and we'll have some fun. Y'all ready to have some fun today? Praise the Lord. So glad you're here. So glad you're sharing this with us. Matthew chapter 20. Matthew chapter 20. And we're going to read verse 28. This is the Amplified Translation. And it reads as as this. It says, Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life. As a ransom for many, paying the price to set them free from the penalty of sin. The penalty of sin was separation from God. Jesus dies to pay that price for that sin that does what? If it's a ransom, if somebody is kidnapped or somebody is held hostage, they will say, hey, this is the ransom amount for this individual to come home to you. Are you willing to pay that price? I need you to understand something. God says yes. And then Jesus says yes. And then he came and died for you and me. And we didn't deserve that. There was no way 
that we deserved for him to die, to pay that ransom for you and I. But he did. He did. And what a beautiful thing that is. But here's something else I need you to know as we go through this series. He is the head of the ecclesia. He's the head of the church. So then we become his legislative assembly. So we become the people who do as he does. How many of us are willing to serve? How many of us are willing to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters? I'm not talking literal life. I'm talking about your life of opinions, your life of ideas, your life of fear, your life of low self-esteem. Are you willing to exchange that stuff to serve others? See, because to do this, you have to. You really have to. And it's a beautiful thing because that's what Jesus did for us. So he paid the price. He paid the price. He paid the ransom. What happened to us? We are restored. So the kingdom of heaven is now reconnected to the kingdom on earth. Jesus says, pray this way. Our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. There was no mistake that Jesus was telling us to pray that way. Because he knew exactly what he was doing. What was he doing? Making sure that the kingdom got reconnected to the earth. Somebody say amen. Let's read another verse. First Timothy chapter 2. Same translation amplified. And it reads as this. It says, this kind of praying is good and acceptable and pleasing in the sight of God, our Savior. Who wishes all people. How many people? All people to be saved and to come to the knowledge and recon, recognition, recon, how do you say that word? Thank you, that word, <laughs> of the divine truth. For there is only one God and only one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus. Now, the mediator does what? He mediates or he causes these two parties to become joined or to reconcile. So the mediator is in the middle, making sure that the two parties that are separate at this particular time, he is creating an environment that these two parties can come together. What are the two parties? God and us. So Jesus, the only one who can, the only one who will, the only one who did... Is mediating for us. Now he's not even done because the Bible goes on to tell us that he's sitting on the right hand of God doing what right now? Same thing. So hear me. He mediated between God and us. He paid the price with his life. He mediated the problem and fixed it. Now, here's the thing. Are you reconciled to God? I know I hear people say, yeah, I'm reconciled, but I'm asking the question. Are you reconciled to God in your heart? Do you really understand he paid the penalty of the sin that separated you from God? 
Oh, I know what you're thinking. I don't deserve that. And you're right. None of us do. But the fact that Jesus died and prepared it for us means we should accept that. So, again, are you reconciled to God? Are you forgiven? You know, we're good at being sinners. We struggle at being saints. (laughs) We struggle. But that's what God did. He wanted us restored and there was no way we could do it on our own. So as we sang the song, nothing but the blood of Jesus makes you white as snow. Nothing. So are you cleansed? Say, oh, Pastor Ben, why do you keep asking the question? Because I need you to grasp this truth. Are you clean? You're not clean because of what you do. Or what you don't do, you are clean because of who you have faith in. Do you have faith in Jesus Christ as your savior, as your mediator? Somebody say amen. It says, who gave himself. This is Jesus. He gave himself as a ransom, a substitutory sacrifice to atone. He substituted. He he stood. He took my place for all. The testimony given at the right and proper time. A ransom. He paid. He became the ransom. Man, I just love this stuff, brother. I do. I love it. Because it tells me how much God loves me. You know, he doesn't love me because my first name is Ben. Or my last name is Brown. (laughs) He loves me because I'm his child. And he loves you. Because you are his child. And the reason you became his child is because Jesus became your ransom. He gave his life to return the kingdom of heaven back to earth. And the only way that could be done, the only way is sin had to be paid for or else these two cannot connect. God cannot be where sin is. Praise the Lord. Let's go to another verse that would help us here. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 11. Hopefully this is helping you today. (laughs) This is the New Living Translation. It says, so Christ has now become the high priest over all the good things that have come. Paul does an extraordinary job in Hebrews giving us background and insight into the holies of holies into the synagogue where there was the priesthood and what they meant. And every year there would be one priest that would go inside the holies of holies and they would tie rope around his waist and they would put bells on that rope because the holies of holies was so holy that sometimes people would go into what would be the presence of God and die. They couldn't handle The holiness. They couldn't handle the majesty. They would fall over and die. So now Paul is saying that Jesus comes now as that high priest. He is that priest. He doesn't need a rope. He doesn't need bells. Because he enters the holies. The holy of holies. Because he enters in not the man made one. But the one that is not man made. He enters into heaven as the ransom. As the sacrifice. His blood goes to heaven as the sacrifice for you and I. You think God accepted that blood? 
So if he accepted that blood for you and I, then the kingdom has been restored to the earth. And now as you accept Jesus and his blood, you now live in the kingdom. Isn't this fun? And guess what you become now? You become an ambassador of the kingdom. (laughs) You become an ambassador of the kingdom. Oh, I'm having fun. Hopefully this is helping you. Let's read on. It says, he has entered the greater, more perfect tabernacle where in heaven, which was not made by human hands and is not part of this created world. With his own blood, not the blood of goats and calves, he entered the most holy place once for all time and secured our redemption for a short period of time until we figure out how to do it ourselves. No, it doesn't say that, does it? It says he secured our redemption forever. Redemption. The word re is, is a prefix. Redeem. Redeem. We were deemed once when God created Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden and he would come down on the cool of the day and talk to them. There was no barrier. There was no separation. They redeemed his children. Satan intervened. The cutoff happened because of sin. And now we had to be redeemed. And Jesus completed that. With his blood. Is this making sense to you today? So, are you redeemed? Well, you know, I got to keep doing this and I got to keep doing that. None of those things that you are doing is going to redeem you. The only thing that redeems you is accepting the fact that Jesus died for you. And then after you accept that fact, then you can tithe and give and volunteer and do all those things. But you do those things because you are redeemed, not because you're trying to become redeemed. Does that make sense? Praise the Lord. Let's finish reading here. It says, under the old system, the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer could cleanse people's bodies from ceremonial impurity. Just think how much more the blood of Christ will purify our consciousness from sinful deeds so that we can do what? Worship the living God. In Romans chapter 12, it says giving God our lives is our reasonable form of worship. Giving him our lives, that's our reasonable form of worship. Yeah, I know coming here singing and raising our hands, that's a beautiful thing. That inspires us, that moves us. But your real form of worship is giving God your life. Why? Because you've been set free to live in his kingdom, but also set free to go tell others about his kingdom. That's our job. Our problem is is we get caught up in so many other things that we lose sight of what God called us to do. And the next thing we've done is we redefine what our duty is. (laughs) You know, hear me, please hear me, because this is important. Our duty is not to define who's not going to heaven. It's nowhere in the Bible that that's our job. 
So why are we trying to figure it out? They, they going, they going, you don't know who going where. Because you don't know. I had a preacher say this one time about a relative of his who he said didn't accept Jesus. So he was not going to have his funeral at his church because he said he wasn't a Christian. I'm going to tell you a secret. You ready? You ready? You don't have to hear somebody else's confession for it to be accepted by God. We set up that system. We want to hear people. We want to hear them say, listen, you're not, you're not the witness. Jesus already took care of that. He made the way that that person's heart and mouth can confess and God hears. So what we have to do is rearrange what the ecclesia is, what the church is. We can't keep doing what we've been doing. We need to be the people that makes it easier for people to come into the kingdom. Well, I don't like the way they dress. Guess what? If they come into the kingdom and you dress decent enough, pretty soon they'll start dressing decent. Well, I don't like the way they... Well, if you... I don't like divorced people. Well, if you keep a good quality marriage and they see that, they may not get divorced. But even if they do, guess what? They allowed in here too. Uh, No, they're not allowed to get divorced. Go read your Bible. Jesus said they just misused the concept of divorce. That's what he said, but that's a sermon for another day. Now, don't walk out here going, Pastor Ben said we can all go get divorced. Because Pastor Ben didn't say that. I'm just trying to give you an understanding of how important this thing is. Stop doing the stuff that we're not supposed to do. Let's be about father's business. Let's be about our daddy's business. Let's go and get everybody. He'll determine who it is. He even says that there'll be a day that he'll take the sheep and put them on his right and he'll take the goats and put them on his left. That's his job. It's not ours. You can't even tell a difference between a goat and the sheep. But that's not our job. So we don't, we need to stop looking at things that way because what they think or feel doesn't agree with what we think or feel. That's God, man. Let's just go after people. Is this making sense to you today? It says, listen, for by the power of the eternal spirit, Christ offered himself to God as a perfect sacrifice for our sins. This is why he is the one who mediates a new covenant between God and people. A new covenant. You know, they call stuff new because it's new. They call it new because it ain't old. I hope you understand what I'm saying. There's a new covenant. What is the foundation or the premise of this new covenant? Jesus died for you. We need to know about the finished work of Christ. He was a perfect sacrifice. If he was the perfect sacrifice, then there are no other sacrifices. God is not in the business of having you go find other sacrifices. He doesn't need any more. Jesus is the one and only. So accept that perfect sacrifice. Say, well, Pastor Ben, why are you pounding on this? Because I need us to know we've been claiming stuff that actually we don't believe in our hearts. 
not because we're bad people, but because we've been kind of tricked into thinking that our opinions of a thing is the truth of a thing. But an opinion is not a truth. The Bible is the truth. Is he the perfect sacrifice? Perfect. It says, this is why. He is the one who mediates a new covenant between God and people so that all who are called can receive the eternal inheritance God has promised them. For Christ died to set them free from the penalty of the sins they had committed under the first covenant. The reason that the cross is shaped the way it is is because this side of it goes all the way back to history before Christ. This side of it goes all the way through eternity. The top part is the connection between us and the kingdom of God returning to the earth. So every sin that was committed before Christ, God did not adjudicate because Jesus would, had not died for them. So he waited for Jesus to die. Then he could deal with their sins. Are y'all hearing me today? So if he did that for all time, what do you think he's doing for you right now? He paid the price for your sin. So here's what I need you to do. <sighs> Quit being so sin conscious. <laughs> Be Christ conscious. Find out what Christ has done for your sin. <laughs> what is that? Romans 6, it says, the penalty for sin... No, the wages of sin is death. The payment for sin or the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. Death, life. Do you know the difference? If you don't, go to the nearest cemetery and see if you can strike up a conversation with somebody. <laughs> Ain't nobody going to talk to you because they're dead. So death, life. Jesus is the gift of God who paid the price for death. He paid the wages that were due for death. He gave his life so we could have eternal life. So what does that mean to you? That means you are free to go serve God. Well, you don't know what I've done. I don't need to know what you've done. I know what I've done. <laughs> that was enough for the whole world. But God gave me life. So I don't, I, I don't downplay that. I, I accept that. I don't take God's sacrifice in vain. He freed me. Ooh, Jesus, he freed me. So I can stand up here right now and scream and holler at you and spit all over the place. He freed me to be able to do that. Do you understand? So quit being so sin conscious. Be Christ conscious. Be God conscious. Be grace conscious and go to work. I don't care what you have done. He doesn't care what you have done. He set you free. Now go. Because the price has been paid. You're in the kingdom now. So the Pharisees and the chief priests called a special meeting of the high council and said, so what are we going to do about this man? Yeah, I guess he, he was a problem for you. But what are you going to do about this man? The question is one for you too. What are you going to do about this man? Are you going to accept his sacrifice for you? 
They said, look at all the great miracles he's performing. If we allow him to continue like this, everyone will believe in him. And the Romans will take action and destroy both our country and our people. Now, Caiaphas, the high priest that year, spoke up and said, you don't understand the thing. Don't you realize we'd be much better off if this one man were to die for the people than for the whole nation to perish? He kind of had a clue, didn't he? Huh? Kind of had a clue that Jesus was going to die for the whole nation. But listen to this. It says this prophecy that Jesus was destined to die for the Jewish people didn't come from Caliphus himself, but he was moved by God to prophesy as the chief priest. Almost done with this. And Jesus' death would not be for the Jewish people only, but to gather together God's children scattered around the world and unite them as one. That's why division doesn't work. Because division didn't come from God. The only thing that came from God is unity. The thing that comes from God is to unite. And guess what's going to happen? That verse is going to come true. Regardless of whatever else is going on in the world. He's going to bring all of his children together as one. Somebody say amen. Amen. Almost finished. John chapter 11. Oh, you're right. Let's go to Ephesians. Ephesians is fine. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 5. I like this one. It says, for wives, this means being devoted to your husbands like you are tenderly devoted to our Lord. I'm going to read it one more time because I need us to get this. We use this a lot in marital counseling, but today, something a little different. It says, for wives, this means being devoted to your husbands like you are tenderly devoted to. To our Lord. <clears throat> when it says devoted, it means do you believe that Jesus accomplished what God sent him to do? Do you believe that? Do you believe he paid the ransom? Do you believe he brought back the kingdom of God to the earth? Do you believe you have been redeemed? Do you believe that you have been reconciled? Do you believe that? Let's read on. It says, I like this for the husband provides leadership for the wife. Just as Christ provides leadership for his what church as the savior and reviver of the body. Now, listen, he died so we could be restored. We are. His representatives in the earth. Now we represent Jesus and the kingdom. Why? Because Jesus brought the kingdom back to earth. Our job as the church is to represent that. That's our job. I said, that's our job is to let people know Jesus brought it back. We are reconciled. That's our job. We have decided to do a whole bunch of other things that have absolutely nothing to do with what our, God, what our job is. Let me finish this. It says, in the same way, the church, the ecclesia, is devoted to who? We should be devoted to Jesus. Oh, man. I could, I could spend some time here, but I need us to get this. 
you can't take the church. I mean, you can, but you shouldn't call it the church. You can hate. What is that? The, the Westboro Baptist Church. Spew hate. That's an easy pick because they make it so, so public. It's these other churches that have just this sly way of doing that stuff. I remember going to a church one time and <clears throat> my wife and I had decided to go there and we were in California at the time. And <clears throat> we arrived and my mother was with us at the time. We get out of the car, we walk up to the door and they had a greeter at the door. He had the bulletins in his hand and he looked at me and said, I think you're looking for the church across town. And I said, I wasn't until just now. <laughs> can, you, can you tell me where the other church is? Because I obviously don't want to come in here because this is not a church. Are you hearing me? Listen to me. Jesus died so we could all become one. He brought unity to God, then unity to the body. And he is the head of this body. We're supposed to be devoted to him. Therefore, our job is to fulfill what his requirements are. Not ours, his. Is this making sense to you? So sometimes you got to sit down and kind of revisit what it is you're believing in, what it is you're doing. You're going to have to revisit that because there are some things that are working in us that have absolutely nothing to do with the call that God has placed upon us. Almost done, I promise. It says, in the same way, the church is devoted to Christ. Let the wives be devoted to their husbands and everything. And to the husbands, you are to demonstrate love... For your wives with the same tender devotion that Christ demonstrated to us, his bride. For he died for us, sacrificing himself to make us holy and pure, cleansing us through the showering of the pure water of the word of God. Brothers and sisters, this is true. And to think anything less is taking his sacrifice in vain. I said to think anything less is taking his sacrifice in vain. He died to cleanse you so he can operate through his body. Are you willing to do that? But guess what? When it says die, I'm going to tell you what you need to die for and I'm going to close with this. It says... When you accepted Jesus, boy, I'm about to get emotional. <laughs> when you accepted Jesus, you became a slave to Christ. A slave to Christ. Slaves have no rights. But in this case, the Lord that you serve said you don't even have to ask him for what you need because he already knows what you need. And he is eager about providing for you what you need. As you are in the service of letting people know he is the one, he takes care of you. You don't have a right. You're here to serve, not to be served. 
So do me a favor. Get over your fears. Get over your doubts. Quit trying to find problems in others. You open your closet, I think you may have enough for yourself. The idea here is this. Let's find out what God has called us to. And let's quit looking for other stuff. Because I need you to die. I need you to die. (laughs) You got a whole bunch of allegiances. We all do. We need to stop those. And we need to have an allegiance with Christ. Amen. It says all that he does in us is designed to make us a mature church for his pleasure until we become a source of praise to him glorious and radiant beautiful and holy without fault or flaw Jesus brought the kingdom back to the earth now Jesus is going to return himself to the earth Why is he coming back? Because this is where the kingdom is, the kingdom of heaven. Now the kingdom of God is on earth. He's coming back. While he is away, he is now the head of the body that he left here. We'll talk more about this next week. But he's the head of this body. So everybody that calls themselves a church, my advice to you is be careful what you call yourself. Because it is now incumbent upon us to become exactly what God has designed. He knows who belongs to him. And he knows who doesn't. But here's how beautiful he is. He gives us time. Woo! He gives us time. Listen, you didn't want to meet the 19-year-old Ben. You didn't want nothing to do with that guy. I mean, absolutely. Matter of fact, you wouldn't have had anything to do with me because I was out of my mind. And I know I said some crazy stuff and did some crazy stuff. So somebody along that time period during that walk could have looked at me and said, he ain't ever going to go to heaven. He ain't ever going to do such and such and so and so. But I'm standing here right now because their opinion only had power in their minds. God's pronunciation over who we are is eternal. And he put it in the B-I-B-L-E. So even for your kids right now, if they look like they lost their mind, you should be able to recognize that. Because you lost yours a long time ago too. Your parents can tell stories about you. So pray for them. And let's pray for others because the church has got to come back to our father's business. We got to get back to our father's business and stop this other nonsense. Praise the Lord. Y'all good? Listen, we'll be back next week to talk a little bit more about this, but I'm excited about this particular series. I pray God that you're getting this understanding. We got a job to do. And that job is not described or defined by a lot of the stuff we're doing right now. Let God be God. Even when you don't have control anymore. Let him be God. I said, let him be God. Father, we thank you for allowing us to have this opportunity today. What an incredible God you are. And we thank you. 
that you have redeemed us. That the ransom has been paid and it was the perfect sacrifice for us. We have been washed clean. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray and everyone say it. God bless you, brothers and sisters. See you next week.